Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's third teaching in Psalm 23 called The Shepherd Psalms. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you have an NIV, it says, I shall not be in want. The result when the Lord is your shepherd is you have supply. And that's what I wrote next to part B of verse one. If the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. That is, I shall have everything that I need. This word has the idea in Hebrew of being utterly contented in the good shepherd's care. And consequently, not craving or desiring anything more because the Lord... My shepherd is all that I need. It speaks of safety and satisfaction. Psalm 27, 4 says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Uh, Max Lucado says of this verse, David had found the pasture where discontentment goes to die. It's as if he is saying, what I have in God is greater than what I don't have in life. Paul put it this way, I have learned the secret of contentment. And it is a secret to many people. And there are many discontented people in our world. And I don't know if that's you tonight, if you feel a level of discontentment But you can find contentment in Christ. In fact, Paul goes on to say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The Lord is my shepherd, therefore I will not be in want. You see, we brought nothing into this world, and one thing is certain, we're not going to take anything out of it either. So we should be content with what we have. It doesn't mean you shouldn't pursue goals. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be smart with your money. It doesn't mean you shouldn't invest or try to get ahead in work and do your due diligence because there's many verses that say to work hard. And if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. But it means that wherever you find yourself at the end of a day, hopefully you can can kick your feet up and say, you know what, I'm content because the Lord is my shepherd. That's the main reason you should be able to say it. Not that I have every single you know, thing at my beck and call, but because I have the main things, I have the most important thing in my life where it needs to be. The Lord is my shepherd. That's why I can be content. There's a lot of people who have a lot of the creature comforts in life, but they don't know the Lord is their shepherd. Therefore, they are not content. And there's a lot of discontentment among people who have a lot of stuff. When one of the wealthiest men in history, John D. Rockefeller, died, his accountant was asked, how much did John D. leave? The accountant replied, all of it. (laughs) You see, you're going to leave your stuff to somebody else. Whatever you've amassed in this life, somebody else is going to take it, and they may manage it well, and they may not. And uh, they may care about it as much as you did, and they may not. And you may have, you know, done all this blood, sweat, and tears to make a thing a certain way, and they might inherit it and change it all around. Maybe you get a a peek from heaven to see what they're... No! (laughs) 
Why? I don't think so. He makes me, verse 2, lie down. Pastor John was saying that uh, earlier the silver saints uh, studied Psalm 23, and he pointed out that God has to make us lie down. And he makes me to lie down. And, you know, when my kids were growing up, bedtime was always an interesting uh, situation because they didn't want to go to sleep. Uh, they were just all, and, and I would do this as a dad. I would get them fired up right before bed. I did that dad thing where, you know, I would wrestle and tickle and, and my wife would go, what are you doing? They need to settle down. And I was doing all the dad stuff. And Mr. Drill, my, my famous thing was Mr. Drill. Here he comes. Didn't make for a calm, you know, peaceful cup of tea before you go to bed. So sometimes we had to say, lay down. And they would say, no, I'm not sleepy. If you're a sheep, anyway. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. You going to make me? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you shouldn't do that to God, by the way. You shouldn't say, well, make me. Oh, he'll make you, all right. He'll make you lie down. And you better hope it's green pastures. <laughs> But on a positive note, verse 2, he makes me to lie down in green pastures, speaks of rest. God wants you to rest. It's okay to rest. In fact, Pastor John brought up that an insight which is interesting. He said, you know, you got to rest so you can do the rest of the stuff that's in the psalm, like follow him. And, uh, you know, Hear the voice of the shepherd and have the energy and strength you need to do the rest of the commands. you got to have times of rest. And you can rest in his presence. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to be still and know that he is God. Keller writes in his book, The strange thing about sheep is that, that because of their very makeup, it's almost impossible for them to lie down unless four requirements are met. Owing to their timidity, they refuse to lie down unless they are free from all fear. Note, a stray jackrabbit suddenly bounding from behind a bush can stampede a whole flock. Sheep have little or no way to defend themselves so that two dogs can kill almost 300 sheep in one night. Because of the social behavior within the flock, sheep uh, will not lie down unless they are free from friction unless they are free from parasites, free from hunger, and free from all fear. Because a sheep is a sheep with its own reasons for fear from predators, it owns friction, uh, friction problems, its surroundings and need for food. It cannot control all these factors to be at peace. It is highly dependent on the shepherd providing this environment. Note the two pronouns, he makes me, he leads me. He makes me to lie down, he leads me, as we'll get to in a moment. He is the one in charge. He is the one that allows me to rest. Philip Keller writes, In the course of time, I came to realize that nothing so quieted and reassured the sheep as to see me in the field. The presence of their master and owner and protector put them at ease as nothing else could do. This applied day and night, or as Isaiah puts it in 26.3, 
you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You will give him shalom, shalom is literally how this would read. And remember in Hebrew, shalom is well-being in every part of who you are. The reason that I can rest at night, I, my pillow is soft, is because the Lord is my shepherd. If I was trying to navigate this crazy world without that shepherd, I think I would have many restless nights. And I know some of you have trouble sleeping for other reasons, insomnia and, and the like, and there can be a lot of reasons, and, and I have my moments, but I'll tell you from a big picture standpoint, it is my shepherd that dispels my fears. He leads me, it's him doing it. He leads me beside quiet or still waters. I wrote in my notes, this speaks of refreshment. He gives me rest in verse 2a and refreshment in verse 2b. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, says Jesus, John 14, 27. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. You could put it this way, don't be afraid. The shepherd gives living water. He said to the woman at the well, if you drink of this water, John 4, you're going to thirst again and again and again. On the last day of the great feast in John 7, 37, Jesus stood up and he cried out, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. John goes on to say, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of what? Living water. And this he spoke of the Spirit, who was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. John 7, 37 through 39. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. When God was... Uh, Getting ready to judge his people in Jeremiah 2.13, he says, My people have committed two evils. Jeremiah 2.13, They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, to hew out for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can't even hold water. Why do we do that? Why, instead of drinking from the springs of life, do we drink from broken and dead cisterns? It's been said of cistern water, it's almost like bathtub water. In Hebrew, uh, when they want to convey an idea, we do it with bullet points and language. They do it with pictures. And God is pictured as water, but not just water, running water, living water, a stream, a waterfall. That's the way that God is depicted. A cistern is a place that holds water, but nothing moves it. So it can't stay fresh, and it becomes almost like that old stale bathtub water. And God says, why would you go to that when you could have what I offer you? Why do we drink at the wrong fountains? Why do we do that? You know, we've tasted the bitter water enough, have, have we not? But still, we tend to do it. This one, this good shepherd, restores my soul. That speaks of healing. If you've been taking notes with me, I'm trying to give you different headings of each verse. The word restore is shuv in Hebrew. It's S-H-U-W-B, or you could say S-H-O-O-B, shub. And the word means to refresh and to repair. And in Hebrew, it has the idea of turning around or repenting. When you repent, he restores. Amen. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, I'm Rob Newton, the producer of Walk in Truth. Since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on four radio stations in Southern California, Arizona, Idaho, and Utah, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. Our program has also reached listeners in 49 countries. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth's presence on radio and podcast, and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness. Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and to expand into more radio stations as God provides. Our current level of listener financial support is about 25%. Can you give a one-time tax-deductible donation today? Please visit walkintruth.com to donate online or get the mailing address. That's walkintruth.com. If you just tuned in, then you missed the first half of today's edition of Walk in Truth. That's okay. You can listen to this episode and many others whenever it's convenient for you on your free Living Truth app. Walk in Truth is also on your favorite podcast app. Simply search for and subscribe to Walk in Truth on apps like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and many more. Listening to a podcast as well as radio is a great way to get some time in the Word when you're walking, catching up on some work, or if you're like me and just need to listen to some Bible teaching while getting ready in the morning. Remember, you can find Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. I'll tell you, from a big picture standpoint, it is my shepherd that dispels my fears. He leads me, it's him doing it. He leads me beside quiet or still waters. I wrote in my notes, this speaks of refreshment. He gives me rest in verse 2a and refreshment in verse 2b. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, says Jesus, John 14, 27. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. You could put it this way, don't be afraid. The shepherd gives living water. He said to the woman at the well, if you drink of this water, John 4, you're going to thirst again and again and again. On the last day of the great feast in John 7, 37, Jesus stood up and he cried out, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. John goes on to say, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of what? Living water. And this he spoke of the Spirit, who was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. John 7, 37 through 39. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. When God was uh, getting ready to judge his people in Jeremiah 2.13, he says, My people have committed two evils. Jeremiah 2.13, They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, to hew out for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can't even hold water. Why do we do that? Why, instead of drinking from the springs of life, do we drink from 
broken and dead cisterns. It's been said of cistern water, it's almost like bathtub water. In Hebrew, uh, when they want to convey an idea, we do it with bullet points and language. They do it with pictures. And God is pictured as water, but not just water, running water, living water, a stream, a waterfall. That's the way that God is depicted. A cistern is a place that holds water, but nothing moves it. So it can't stay fresh. And it becomes almost like that old stale bathtub water. God says, why would you go to that when you could have what I offer you? Why do we drink at the wrong fountains? Why do we do that? You know, we've tasted the bitter water enough, have, have we not? But still, we tend to do it. This one, this good shepherd, restores my soul. That speaks of healing. If you've been taking notes with me, I'm trying to give you different headings of each verse the word restore is shub in Hebrew. It's S-H-U-W-B, or you could say S-H-O-O-B, shub. And the word means to refresh and to repair. And in Hebrew, it has the idea of turning around or repenting. When you repent, he restores. Amen? And God is a God of restoration. He's a restorer of broken hearts and broken lives. He restores us from our bad decision-making. He restores us from the penalty of our sins. And if you think about the idea of sin, he restores the Christian from the penalty of sin, the power of sin, and then finally, the presence of sin. When you get saved, you're restored from the penalty of sin. He took that away at the cross. Then as you go on in your Christian life, the power of sin uh, loses its weight. And then finally, one day, you'll be restored from the presence of sin. You'll have a new body and a new kingdom. There'll be no more curse there. Amen? Amen. This is the beauty of what it means to have the Lord as your shepherd. He is the restorer of my soul. He makes me to turn upright. I think of that idea of that cast sheep being on its uh, back and it can't help itself and he comes along, my shepherd comes along, and he gets me back on my feet again. Amen? And I think every Christian in this room, and those of you watching tonight, that's one way you could describe what happened to you, is you were laying there as like a predator to the wolf, and the good shepherd came in, and he put you back right again. He put you back on your feet again. I have a picture in my office, and it's got Psalm 91 on it, and it's got this little sheep, and the little sheep is leaning against the shepherd and the shepherd is supposed to be Jesus and he's got his staff there and in the distance up on a rock are two wolves and they're looking at that little sheep and they want to eat that little sheep for lunch like but the good shepherd's standing right there and the wolves are keeping their distance I want to get as close to my shepherd as I can amen so he'll protect me from that roaring lion he guides me this is now purpose he guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. He keeps me on track. My sheep, John 10, 27, hear my voice. I know them and they, what? They follow me and I give them eternal life. Remember when Jesus was starting his earthly ministry and he looked at James and John and he said two words, follow me, follow me. The job of a sheep is, is to follow the shepherd. It's not the job of a shepherd to follow a sheep, by the way. 
Lord, I'm going to be going over here and I pray that you'll bless what I'm going to do over here. Lord, I'm going to go over here and would you uh, be there? No, you follow the shepherd. That's the job of the sheep. Verse four. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I wrote after verse four, faithfulness. Even though I walk through the valley. The language here is of threatening environments. Notice, I walk through it and you are with me. You comfort me. You sustain me. Every mountain has its valleys and the best route to the top is always along the valleys. And I want you to notice in this verse, it says, even though I walk through the valley. Some of you are in a valley right now. Valleys are hard, aren't they? <laughs> because it's painful and it's difficult. Psalm 84, 5 says, How blessed is the man whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. Passing through the valley of weeping or Baca, they make it a spring. Psalm 84, 5 and 6. The early rain also covers it with blessings. He will be with us through the steep climbs of life. Yes, even when we die, our shepherd will still be by our side. We've had some painful losses uh, just in the last couple of months in this congregation. And, uh, you know, little Leanna that we, we showed you her picture, um, you know, her going home to be with the Lord before her second birthday is hard. And the, the family is walking through the valley of the shadow. Uh, I've told you the story before, but I think it's worth repeating. Master preacher and theologian Donald Gray Barnhouse was widowed at a young age. He lost his wife, and he had a daughter that he was going to raise on his own. She was six years old at the time, and he was in the city with her after the mother's passing, and they were standing at a corner at a stoplight, and um, they were getting ready to cross the street, and a huge truck came by, and the shadow of the truck really frightened the little girl. And she jumped in her daddy's arms and she was afraid. And, you know, they say in the story that Barnhouse, as brilliant of a theologian as he was, he just was having difficulty trying to help his little daughter with the loss of their mom. And he didn't even know how to deal with his own grief, let alone try to help a six-year-old little girl. But at a moment of time, as that shadow came by, he, he got a revelation from heaven, if you will, and he said, sweetie, when that truck came by, you were scared. And she said, yes. And he said, would you have rather been hit by the shadow of the truck or the truck itself? And she said, the shadow, daddy, the shadow. He said, that's what happened when mommy died. She wasn't hit by the truck of death, but by the shadow. Because Jesus was hit by the truck. So that we could be delivered from death itself. Philip Keller in his brilliant book says, I was keenly aware of this consolation when my wife went to higher ground. For two years we had walked through the dark valley of death watching her beautiful body being destroyed by cancer. As death approached, I sat by her bed, her hand in mine. Gently we passed through the valley of death. Both of us were quietly aware of Christ's presence. There was no fear 
just going on to higher ground. You've been listening to The Shepherd Psalms 3, Part 2 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 23. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we'd love to honor you as our listener and put you on our show. Would you call us and leave a short voicemail about why you listen to Walk in Truth or any words of encouragement, prayer, or blessing you'd like to say to your fellow listeners? Simply call 844-48-TRUTH and leave a short message. Again, please call today because we would love to highlight our listeners. Call 844-48-TRUTH today. That's 844-48-TRUTH. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your financial gift helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please consider becoming a monthly partner, too, or give a one-time tax-deductible donation. Please visit walkintruth.com and click Donate. That's walkintruth.com. Or you can write a check and mail your gift to Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's message in Psalm 23, continuing the mini-series called The Shepherd Psalms. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.